0: My name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to
1: Bed, Bed Crime, crime stories. stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night.
0: I Good was, evening. I was pausing for the dog.
1: Yes, I know. <laughs> My dog is crying in the other room and it's loud and whiny.
0: I was like, don't oh. we start laughing I mean, I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> there might be some. Oh, now she's laying down with anger. I was about to yes. say yes. She's like hrrumph. Oh,
0: so that was an angry. Yeah, that was an angry flop down. <laughs> she... She's glaring in this general direction. <laughs> Shocker! I mean, she could Shocker. just come in here and hang out. Yeah, my dog is pretty famous
1: for the side eye. She's a, she's an angry angry little dog. <laughs> we'll post
0: a picture on
1: mm-hmm. the Instagram mm-hmm. for side eye of my angry dog. <sighs> Poor dog. All right, so we're gonna kick things off this evening. The way that we always do, and that is by kicking it over to Nikki
0: for our true crime headlines. All right, so this week, so the very first one, and I've been following the story very closely. I don't know if y'all have been following it, but there is some random killings that are happening in Atlanta right now. Mm. So. Oxygen.com, and this was posted August 3rd, okay. 2021, and it says, there's a monster on the loose. While police deny serial killer rumors, two Atlanta slayings remain unsolved. Hmm. Which, I had only heard about one, but there was two. And they're similar in <clears throat> They're the not nature. similar, though. Okay, okay. So, while law, uh, law enforcement officials in Atlanta have denied rumors of an active serial killer being on the loose in the city, following the slaying of two women... The investigations into those two cases are still ongoing. Hmm. So Catherine Janice, uh, 40, and her dog Bowie were found murdered. Bumby booze. Yeah. Bowie. And I, I think it's called Piedmont Park. Piedmont. Piedmont. Mm-hmm. Piedmont Park. Um, they were both stabbed to death. Bubby. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, mean, I know. the
1: dog alone. Uh, well, and
0: what I'm thinking the is. The dog is
1: probably trying to protect her.
0: Yeah, Um, and I originally heard of this on Jensen and Holes, but I didn't hear about this. So it says Tori Lang, 18, was also found shot to death um, at Stone Mountain last week. Interesting. So people are trying to link them, even though they're not similar. They're not similar. And that's so like,
1: yeah, that's very strange. So not not a similar age, not the same manner of death. Yeah, that is very interesting. And
0: they're not the same race either.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, but it's just, it's kind of crazy because so I was the, like, I heard so much about this one and I didn't hear anything about this one until I went looking for this, um like, article in regards to um, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, crazy. it was just really crazy. Hmm. Um But I know, like, there was an Atlanta Instagram that had posted people who were near the park that night around that time to see if anybody noticed anything kind of suspicious. Right, right, right. So. Hmm. I knew you were going to do that. I knew Jovi was going to do that. Don't be suspicious. Don't, Don't be, suspicious. be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> <sighs> hey, so this other one, because the reason that we started looking at TikTok was because we were trying to do research for TikTok. And I have failed at doing TikTok. Right. And now we're just all obsessed with TikTok. And now we're obsessed with TikTok. (laughs) Correct. So I had saw a TikTok on the murder... I guess it's... What is it? Murder talk? Or however they call it. When it's like a certain interest that you're on that will just Mm -hmm, appear. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this story had come up. And I was like, holy crap. So this is on People. And this was actually posted August 4th, 2021. It says, two Texas teens charged after they posted snapchat of themselves stealing necklace from dead from bodies. a dead body
1: i actually almost pulled that one for my true crime headline for next week and i didn't because i found the other one that i pulled instead and i
0: almost pulled that one but i didn't
1: so but they also happened? i want to know what happened
0: but they also made it they they had made a TikTok basically talking about how they had discovered a, a body so they did it to that song that i think it starts with like oh lord but it's like a guy talking and then it's like Mm. this really weird noise like song that's playing in the background Mm -hmm. but so it says two teenagers in texas have been arrested after they posted a video on snapchat of themselves stealing a necklace from a dead body they discovered it says bethany martin 17 and a 16 year old female friend happened upon a man's corpse in a drainage disk Ditch last monday yeah the girls told authorities they were walking in a recently developed neighborhood when they spotted something awkward by the drainage ditch and went to take a closer look according to authorities when they found the body they called a male friend who joined them at the scene before they called the cops which i don't know why you want just come the cops but you well, know you're teenagers yeah the man was later identified as 25 year old marcus adams mm. and his death has since been ruled a suicide Ugh. His family set up a GoFundMe to assist them with funeral costs, but police say that day after his, uh, the day after his body was found, the sheriff's office was made aware of a video circulating online showing a 17-year-old female removing jewelry from his neck. So, he said, if it weren't for, uh, weren't on video, I wouldn't have believed that it happened. So, yeah, they were, they were arrested and charged, uh, well, Martin, the girl, um, the 17-year-old was charged as an adult with felony theft from a human corpse or grave. She has since been released on a $2,000 bail. The 16-year-old faces the same charges. Though she is considered a juvenile, she has not been named. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't don't take things. D- don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know why you would even want that. Right? Like... I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that either. Yeah, I wouldn't sure. want to touch I mean, that. A nice haunted piece of jewelry. I mean, I the only you thing is my haunted necklace. I the only thing I could think is that they were going to pawn it, but I'm like still no. Still no. No. No, no. no. Still no. No. But wow. anyways, those are my true crime headlines for the week. Wow. Yeah. Huh. All right, well, I'm going to send it over to hey.
1: Sorry, I was just still <laughs> No, you're
0: fine. I was still reacting to that. Story. Hey. I was just, I was, I was reacting to Jovi's face because I could see her out of the corner of my eye and it was like... I make faces at her all the time. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate it. I'm a face maker. Sometimes I have to, that's the one thing I do like about the mask is that nobody can see my, I do this, this smile a lot when I'm awkward. I'm like, I know nobody could see it, but it's like... I wish that we were, I wish
1: that part of it was wearing eye patches because all I do is roll (gasps) my eyes all the time. (gasps) I'm an awful
0: eye roller. It's bad.
1: She is. It's true. I'm. I'm such a bad eye. Like I can't even pretend that I'm not doing it. See,
0: when I'm annoyed at someone, and especially like customers or things like that, I just yeah. stare at them like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, okay, all right. So I'm gonna kick it over to Charlie for this week's bed, or yeah, bed yeah, crime podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this week's thing that we do every week. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking true crime headline, but I was like, no, no, I just did that a bed crime. Story. Oh, bed Bed crime crime story. story. yeah Okay. Sorry. Sorry. This is only what the forty
1: something episode. I know. I know. Yeah. All right.
0: That's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. So, in my defense, I read all day, so my brain gets fried. Exactly. No, this is true. I get it. Kicking it off to Charlie for this week's bed crime story. There you go. There we go. There it
1: is. There it is. Hello. Um. So I decided to do this bed crime story because this person has recently died. And because this person has recently died, I decided that it was time to tell the story of Rodney Alcala, (gasps) the dating game killer, the dating game killer.
0: I don't know why, but like I knew that you were doing this, but it just like it's still exciting. Yeah, (laughs) yes, 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 yes.
1: So my resources for tonight's story are first, of course, Wikipedia. Um, I also used Murderpedia, not only for fact checking, but I also used it to access some of the photos. That's the one thing that Murderpedia really has, like really got it going on. And then I also used an LA Weekly article uh, titled Rodney Alcala, The Fine Art of Killing, uh, by Christine Pelesak. So those are my resources for tonight's story. I am now going to uh, take it away. So this story, um, like, obviously, I think, I think we all know about, like, who he is, that he was obviously a serial killer, and that he was the dating game killer, right? Like, obviously, that's his, like, identifier. But... like learning about him and reading about him i didn't realize like how much he was what's the word i'm looking for terrorizing how Um, much he was like terrorizing his area wherever he was whether it was california or you'll see i was gonna call him a piece of shit oh well he's a big piece of shit obviously but it's i think it's it was shocking to me just how um how like the reign of terror that he had so let us begin Uh, Rodney Alcala was born in San Antonio, Texas, on August 23rd, 1943, to Mexican-American parents. Uh, When he was just four years old, his family did move to Mexico, and just a few years later, Rodney's father left the family. So, Rodney, his mother, and his two sisters went to live in the suburbs near Los Angeles. Um, When Rodney was only 17 in 1961, he joined the Army, and he served in the Army as a clerk. Um, he had what has been described as a nervous breakdown just a couple years later in 1964. And he went AWOL from the Army. And he hitchhiked from where he was stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, all the way to his mother's house in L.A. So he was... he.
0: That's like, what, 1,500 miles?
1: That's longer than that because it's 2000? literally clear across the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: clear across the country.
0: Oh, shit. Yes.
1: Yes. So, a military psychiatrist did diagnose Rodney with antisocial personality disorder. Uh, Shocker, I guess. Um, And he was discharged from the military for medical reasons because of his diagnosis. After he was discharged from the Army, Rodney attended the UCLA School of the Fine Arts. So, smart guy. It's actually said that he had a near-genius IQ of like 130 and change. So smart dude smart dude um it was not long after his return to la that rodney committed his first known crime he was seen luring an eight-year-old girl into his apartment in hollywood in 1968
0: what a fucking creep
1: super fucking creep the witness called police and upon their arrival they discovered the victim whose name was Tali shapiro she was raped and she had been beaten but she was still alive So when the cops got there, he fled. So he left and actually wound up traveling back across the country to New York City now, uh, where he enrolled in film school at NYU using the alias John Berger. During his time on the East Coast, a 23-year-old flight attendant named Cornelia Crilly was found raped and strangled in her apartment in Manhattan. This murder went unsolved until 2011.
0: (gasps) Jesus.
1: Yeah, crazy. In nineteen seventy one, he assumed a slightly different alias. Now it was also John Burger, but he spelt it wrong. So the first burger was B-E-R-G-E-R. The second burger was ham like a hamburger. Like B-U-R-G-E-R. burger, like actual like delicious burger. Not he was you know what I mean. Burgers are delicious, I mean, not he was.
0: We're just gonna pull a domer, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm no no. So um, when he assumed this new John Burger alias, he got a job working at an arts camp for children in new hampshire so you know probably not the best place for rodney alcala to be you would assume well thankfully uh not long after he got the job two of the children that were attendees at the camp recognized him from an fbi (gasps) wanted poster that was hanging in a nearby post office and reported him
0: go kids right damn i was gonna be like I was like, going to be like, how did they employ him? But I'm like, God, this is the 70s. Mm-hmm. I forget.
1: And that's why there's all those rules now. When you get a job, that you have to bring like a thousand, you yeah. know, forms of identification and your first born and blood and all that stuff to make
0: sure that you know to you're make not sure a you're
1: you and not John Berger, right? Yeah. So he was arrested and extradited to California to face charges in the kidnapping, rape and beating of Tali Shapiro. But by the time the trial was set to begin, the Shapiros had moved their entire family to Mexico and would not allow Tali to testify in the case against Rodney. Yeah. So the trial did continue, but his charges were reduced. So because there was no uh, eyewitness and no victim statement from Tali for the rape and the attempted murder, it was reduced simply to child molestation since there was a witness that saw him lure her into the apartment. Um, He was found guilty and he was sentenced to three years, but he was paroled after 17 months.
0: (sighs) The justice system is broken. I'm one of those people that like, I feel like if someone does something to a child, and it's known, and you're a man, you should just be, like... Oh, no. Or you're a woman. Well, and if you're a castrated. woman... Well, let's just say, no matter what
1: your gender is, you... Uh, straight to jail. Go Straight <laughs> to jail. Straight to jail. Uh We're quoting Parks and Rec a lot today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so, he was paroled o- after only 17 months. Yeah. In less than two months after his release... Rodney was once again arrested, this time for assaulting a 13-year-old girl who was identified in court documents only as Julie. So, Julie had a, um, Julie had accepted what she thought was a ride to school from Rodney, and he attacked her. This time, he was paroled in two years, but it was still shorter than the time that he was originally sentenced to. So, yeah. Did two years in prison after that. So, cool.
0: I just want to know how this <laughs> man ended up on a TV show.
1: Oh, because there's plenty before. I haven't even... I think I still have another page and a half before we even touched the dating game. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So after Rodney was released in 1977, his parole officer did a very odd and honestly very stupid thing. And he approved Rodney for travel across the country to New York City. Right. In spite of the fact that he was a repeat sex offender and that he was obviously a known flight risk. Because after the Tali Shapiro attack happened, he... Bounced. He dips it, and we're still going to let him, like, leave? Okay. That's smart. Anyway, cold case investigators with the NYPD now believe that it was during this trip to New York that Rodney met and murdered 23-year-old Ellen Jane Hover. Ellen was the daughter of, and um, oh, I'm sorry. Ellen was the daughter of the owner of the popular New York nightclub, Cero's. And she also happened to be the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., which I thought was an interesting factoid. Her remains... Oh. Yeah. Here's another interesting factoid. Her like remains... Factoids. Factoids. Yes, me too. Um, they're like Altoids. They're so refreshing. Mm. Um, Her remains were found... <laughs> sorry, Julie. Her, oh. re, her remains were found buried at the Rockefeller Estate in Mount Pleasant, New York, 25 miles north of Manhattan. The Rockefeller? Yes. Because, I mean, obviously she had connections. Zero's was a huge nightclub back but in the damn. day. Damn. Yeah. At the Rockefeller estate? Uh, I don't were. think he was that attractive. He really wasn't. Like he the- was Ka with a capital K. Uh-huh. Yeah. Legit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she looks like, but I mean, I don't find him that attractive to... No. I mean, I'm sure she had plenty of other...
1: I bet he had a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's awful. Oh. Anyway, so Rodney returned to L.A., And when he got back to L.A., he got a job as a typesetter for the Los Angeles Times. Now, during his time there at the L.A. Times, he was interviewed by the task force that was investigating the Hillside Strangler because during his like debauchery, Hillside Strangler was active, as was Ted Bundy. So he was like and actually so was um, Son of Sam over in New York. So he was like right at the height of all of like serial killer fever in the late 70s. So because he was a known sex offender, they questioned him for the Hillside Strangler cases. He was cleared, uh, but he was arrested because he was uh, for marijuana possession. So he was arrested and he served a short prison sentence for that because they, I guess, discovered that during his questioning. This is when the activity he is best known for photographing young men and women, often in sexually (gasps) explicit poses for his, quote, portfolio began. So Rodney is one of those creepers who would convince people that he was a fashion photographer and would ask people if they wanted their picture taken. He would bring them back to his house and take photographs of them in sexually explicit poses and in all different states of undress and yes
0: block him in real life (laughs)
1: right exactly exactly block
0: him no Block him no um Mm.
1: hundreds of men women teenage boys and girls pose for rodney a co-worker of his at the la times later recalled that rodney would show off the photos at work quote i thought it was weird but i was young and i didn't know anything she said when i was asked why he took the photos he said their moms asked him to and he said, I, she also said, I remembered the girls were naked. <gasps> yeah. Many of the subjects of the photos remain unidentified and police believe that some of them may be additional cold case victims of Rodney's. They say that he actually may be responsible for up to 120 murders. And because th- there's really like no way to really know because of these photographs. Mm-mm. Yes. In 1978, Rodney was featured as bachelor number one on an episode of the popular game show, The Dating Game. So host Jim Lang introduced him as, quote, a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13, fully developed. Oh, <gasps> that
0: sounds so wrong. <laughs> Isn't that the grossest thing ever? It's almost as bad as, did y'all see the thing from the Olympic, the the swimmers where she goes, so y'all's third, something about their third leg. And like, you could tell mm-hmm. that they were just like, mm-hmm. But at least that's an actual like swimming term. It is, but still, there's certain
1: terms that shouldn't be. Yes, well, because obviously you know this was innuendo. Like that's inappropriate. Well, yes, but obviously you know it was innuendo. Well, okay, so like if you ever watched clips from these game shows in the '70s, they were so rank, like incredibly suggestive incredibly, like, all the innuendo. It was really gross. Like, what was the one stupid, it wasn't the date, what was the, uh, the newlywed game. Where does your partner like to make whoopee? It was, like, one of the questions that they always ask them. (laughs) the married couples how do people get offended about like that's what i'm saying you know people get offended nowadays about things it's like this were awful things that were being said on television yeah. back then like and it's okay to be offended by it because it's gross oh um so yes yeah, so you could he his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13 fully developed between takes you might find him skydiving or motorcycling or murdering people um One of the other contestants described Rodney as strange and that he had bizarre opinions, was his quote. So, the dialogue between Rodney and the bachelorette can be heard in old footage of the dating game. So, she asks him, I'm serving you for dinner. What would you be like? And Rodney answers, I am called the banana and I look pretty good. So, she asks him to be more descriptive and he responds, Peel me. (laughs) It's so gross.
0: So
1: gross. Ew. Ew. Pinky. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, peel me. Um, so gross. But the whole thing is, is even though he was so fucking strange, he won. He was the bachelor that she picked. But the bachelorette Cheryl declined the date with him because she said that she found him creepy. <laughs> yes. So I wrote understatement of the century. <laughs> Completely
0: creepy looking.
1: Super creepy creepy and like i'm a banana peel me ew creep i don't know You're why she picked that one that's what i'm saying i want to know what the other answers were if banana peel me was the the winner Oh, one
0: oh ha- ha-
1: ha- wow. thank you but um
0: ah.
1: yeah so it has been stated that The rejection from the dating game may have exacerbated, I love that word, exacerbated his desire to kill, though he had at least, like, three victims at this point, so he was already a fucking serial killer. I don't think that his rejection from the dating game, like, of her not wanting to go on a date with him, would have really changed the outcome of the rest of his life. Personal opinion.
0: What does that word mean?
1: Exacerbated. Um, like, made worse. Worsened.
0: Okay, that was too close to another word.
1: Like- Masturbated? Was yeah. that what the word you thought was? <laughs> that's,
0: that's why I was like, what does that I mean, word mean? I'm, I'm like, talking about bananas did you think that I
1: was talking about masturbation? That's why I was
0: like, my brain just went there, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's what it means. No, no, no. But he was
1: already a serial offender. I don't think that Cheryl the Bachelorette saying I don't want to go on a date with this guy is what caused him to continue to murder people. Like, I think he was well on his way to being a serial killer. So on June 20th, 1979, Robin Samso of Huntington beach, California disappeared. So she's 12 years old. She was walking with her friend, Bridget after a visit to the beach. So Bridget tells police that the two swimsuit clad girls were approached that day by a photographer who asked if he could take their pictures. Now the man wound up being scared off by a suspicious neighbor. But Bridget lent Robin her bicycle because Robin had to leave to go to ballet class. So in order to get to ballet class on time, she took Bridget's bike, but she was never seen again.
0: This is why I have a hard time wanting children like shit like this. Oh, God.
1: Well, yeah. So the disappearance of Robin sent fear rippling through the safe, quiet Southern California community. So detectives circulate the sketch that from Bridget's recounting of what this guy looked like. Um, to the media and a parole officer recognized his parolee as Rodney Alcala. 12 days after she vanished on July 2nd, 1979, Robin's skeletal remains were found by U.S. Forestry. Nope. By the U.S. Forestry Service. Rangers. Wait, what here? Forest Rangers. Fucking Forest Rangers. Uh, 1979. And how long was she gone for? Only 12 days. And ske- you said skeleton remains? Skeletal remains. Yes. Animals. No. Yeah. That's <gasps> oh, exactly what it was. Okay. was yeah. Um, I actually don't think I put it in here. But yes, according to the, the article, yes, it was because oh, okay. of animal uh, scavenging. So Rodney was arrested on July 24th at his mother's house in Monterey Park. His trial began in 1980 and resulted in a guilty verdict and a death sentence. But it was uh, overturned on appeal. And let me guess. Oh, uh-huh. He was tried a second time in 1986 and was again found guilty and sentenced to death. But it was overturned on appeal. So... Yes, two trials both overturned on appeal.
0: And then they were like, here's a slap on the wrist, you can go back out. No, no? shockingly no. What? So he remained in prison while they gathered more evidence
1: to convict because at this point they had him on all these other repeat <sighs> charges. Mm, okay. So they wound up keeping him in prison and they were preparing for the tr- third trial, but it didn't happen until 2003. What? Yeah. Very strange. Wait, that's like, what, 17 years? Yeah. I mean, unless I'm, like, really missing something. But I don't think so. No. Yeah. Like, he was still in prison. They still had him there. So, I don't know. Very strange. But when preparing for the third trial in the murder of Robin Samso in 2003, investigators learned that Rodney's DNA was run under new state law. Of course, Rodney objected. Because, I mean. Yeah obviously because he's like a fucking serial killer and his dna was found to be connected to semen found at the rape and murder scenes of two la women additional evidence including other cold case dna matches in 2004 led to further indictments for rodney for the murders of four additional women jill Barcombe 18 a new york runway nope she wasn't a runway <laughs> that's like an inanimate object i
0: thought you're talking about she's a model that's what i thought that's where i was going oh, and okay. I, was all- very I was like wrong. either a model
1: or a runaway it's runaway yes oh, okay. Uh, okay jill Barcombe, 18 in new york runaway found quote rolled up like a ball in an la ravine in 1977 um she was originally thought to have been a victim of the hillside strangler georgia wickstead 27 bludgeoned in her malibu apartment in 1977 Charlotte Lamb, 31, raped, strangled, and left in the laundry room of an, of an El Segundo apartment complex in 1978, and Jill Parentau, 21, killed in her Burbank apartment in 1979. All of the bodies of Alcala's victims were posed in, quote, carefully chosen positions. It is interesting and annoying. <laughs> I like when I add in my little notes here. It's interesting and annoying to note that that during his incarceration between the second and third trials, Alcala wrote and published a book called You, the Jury.
0: Fuck him. I
1: know, like real hard,
0: right? They can't get, they can't make money off of that stuff, can they? So from
1: what I understand, they can, but they can't have access to it until they're out, if I'm not mistaken. Well. Which, mm, yeah.
0: So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me throw my bun around but- some
1: more. But that's me like really guessing and I could be a hundred percent wrong. Um, because like the whole thing with what's his face, the clown. Casey, Gacy. Gacy. He does the he did the art in prison. He would paint in prison. Which And I don't think he had access to any of the money from selling his art.
0: Which he didn't do. He, he didn't, didn't paint, it. paint it. Yeah. So
1: I'm sorry for anybody who bought. I know. I know. He didn't actually paint he he like paid commissary for other inmates to paint it and psycho well and what's his face uh from oh my god my brain is mush ed kemper ed kemper he uh recorded audiobooks
0: (gasps) yeah you are correct okay um any prophet is technically able to reach the inmate um while incarcerated putting it in his or her account or book so i'm guessing for commissary and Or paid to an outside source or account until the inmate is released. So, either they can get it as commissary Mm -hmm. or an account. Which,
1: I mean, who needs that many robin noodles, you know?
0: Man, you know.
1: Though, I did learn, when I first moved down to Florida, I um, was dating a guy who wound up going to jail. Oh. And um, I found out from him that honey buns, like the the food. Are hot
0: commodities. They're
1: like, they're traded like cash.
0: Honey buns is used as currency in jail. See, I was thinking ramen noodles because I was thinking, uh, I think Sons of Anarchy, when they went to jail, they were like... That was a big thing in uh, Orange is the New Black. They would pay like in packet, the flavor packets
1: for ramen. Yeah. But yeah, honey buns was like currency in the jail that he was in. Crazy. Crazy.
0: And it also says that in many states, prisoners have also been barred from receiving money for writing nonfiction accounts of their crimes.
1: Oh, you mean like O.J. Simpson doing his non. Or. No, I'm sorry. His was supposed to be fictional of the. If I had done it. That was the book that O.J. Simpson wrote. If I did it. Well. I'm okay. <laughs> about that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're barred from. So, like with him with the you, the jury, because it was. Stop. getting back to that you the jury in which he claimed innocence in the robin samso case and suggested a different suspect so in that he if it was that law he wouldn't have been able to get any profits from that right. that law that law um so he also filed during this time he also filed two lawsuits against the california penal system for a slip and fall incident and for refusing to provide him a low-fat
0: diet <laughs> penal <laughs> like masturbate and penal penal and that, that song that that word sounded like masturbate that word a so, sorry oh goodness I'm, fucking- I'm leaving all that in <laughs> by the way because it's funny
1: All right. In 2003, prosecutors entered a motion to join the Samso charges with those of the four newly discovered victims. Ronnie's attorneys obviously tried to fight this, which, I mean, any good attorney would have tried to fight this. I get it. But one of them stated, quote, if you're a juror and you hear one murder case, you may be able to have reasonable doubt. But it's very hard to say you have reasonable doubt on all five, especially when four of the five aren't alleged by eyewitnesses, but are proven by DNA matches. So basically what you're saying is, so he's guilty of the other four. But this one no, this one no. (laughs) Like, mm, let's just go ahead and let him rot. Um. Okay. So in 2006, the California Supreme Court sided with the prosecution, and in February 2010, Rodney Alcala stood trial on the five joint charges.
0: 2010. I was about to say, I was like, damn, that is a long. Yes, she was killed in 1979,
1: and finally the Robin Samsoe case went to 31 trial. One
0: fucking years. Yes, that insanity. That's insanity.
1: Craziness. Crazy. So. Rodney pulled the number one narcissist serial killer move of idiot and acted as his own attorney for the <gasps> trial. Which oh, is, <laughs> like, my favorite. I love when they do this because they're so stupid. Didn't he
0: watch Bundy? G-
1: mm. uh, Did you not yeah, feel this that is after Bundy.
0: You know, they they still do that to this day. Oh, yeah. Like, that guy, guy. That guy in Tampa.
1: Yeah, that guy in Tampa. Did you see that case? Guy in Tampa, he killed his wife and son. <gasps> killed his wife and daughter in front of the son that was it
0: and tried to kill the son tried to
1: kill the son didn't succeed the son actually testified against the dad in court which was phenomenal that kid is of i don't even understand
0: and now the kid had gotten adopted by one of the officers on the scene i did see the
1: kid that got adopted by the
0: police but the guy
1: who killed his wife and daughter and attempted to kill his son acted as his own attorney and like lunacy ensued like the yeah. stuff that he was saying in court was just of course obviously in see
0: court. i didn't hear the negative part of the story i heard the positive part of the story well, hey you know what that's good yeah so yeah Which i'm surprised because normally i get all the negatives first
1: right. but the whole thing is is like like i said it's it's what you do when you're a narcissist and you think you're smarter than everybody else in the room. So he yeah. obviously thought he was smarter than the attorneys and was going to act as his own attorney for the trial. So he took the stand in his own defense. That's and why for, they go
0: to school for that.
1: Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so okay, this guy was obviously smart. They said that his IQ was above 130. So you're smart, but you're not a fucking attorney. Like they know the law. Yeah, they know how to to argue a trial. Yeah, you're, you're a murderer yeah like that's what you're good at is killing people you psycho
0: i feel like i'm getting yelled at i'm I'm
1: sorry i get really angry it's okay
0: (laughs) i was just like oh my god i'm not him you're like i'm agreeing with you charlie (laughs) stop yelling at me sorry it's
1: okay i get passion i call it passion so he go ahead.
0: sorry he's not even good at being a murderer because he got caught
1: all every single time every single Mm time well Mm -hmm probably not every single time is actually really kind of the point right because he has all those possible cold cases that he's I wonder if it's like, still you're a murderer you're not an attorney
0: i wonder if it's like that cockroach theory like if you find one then there's got to be a hundred that you don't see
1: i think it depends on the uh brain chemistry of the particular murderer
0: well no i meant like murder murders that he did do i see what you're saying like he got caught for so many but how many other how many ones were, that are like that you don't know of yeah i mean he's probably just sloppy with some of these correct
1: so he took the stand in his own defense and for five hours played the roles of both interrogator and witness so he would ask himself questions addressing himself as Mr. Alcala in a deeper than normal voice <gasps> and then he would answer himself in his normal voice would he jump back and forth <laughs> the no he would encounter? just sit there but he would say it in two voices so I'd be like, like
0: hello Nikki <laughs> How are you today, Nikki? Yeah, but you have to change your voice. So it's like... Oh, hold on.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Alcalo, Were you there? No, I actually wasn't there. Oh, okay. Well, I was just asking if you were there. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh. Uh, yeah so he gave an alibi for the robin samso murder claiming that he was at Knottsbury farm applying for a job as a photographer when she went missing but of course this was proven false um, he did not offer any explanation or alibi for the four other murders stating simply that he did not remember killing them um as part of the hmm. as part of his closing argument he played the arlo guthrie song alice's restaurant in which the protagonist in the song tells a psychiatrist that he wants to kill.
0: (laughs) Read between the lines, sir.
1: Like, you're so, okay. Yeah, I just, okay. After less than two days' deliberation, I can't believe it took them two days, but after less than two days' deliberation, the jury convicted him on all five counts of first-degree murder. A surprise witness during the penalty phase of the trial was Tally Shapiro. (gasps) Alcala's first known victim. I love that. Uh, Richard Rappaport, a psychiatrist paid by Alcala and the only defense witness, testified that borderline personality just testified that borderline personality disorder could explain his claims that he had no memory of committing the murders. But obviously, is not an excuse for the murders. Um, the prosecutor argued that Alcala was a quote sexual predator, you think, who quote knew what he was doing and didn't care. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in March 2010, Alcala was sentenced to death for a third time. In March 2010, police in New York and in California released 120 of Alcala's photographs and sought the public's help in identifying them in the hope of uh, determining if any of the women and children he photographed were additional victims. Approximately 900 additional photos could not be made public because they were too sexually (gasps) explicit. Yeah. In the first few weeks, police reported that approximately 21 women had come forward to identify themselves, and at least six families said they believed they recognized loved ones who had disappeared years ago, but were never found.
0: Oh, I just got goosey bumps.
1: None of the photos were proved to be connected to a missing persons case or unsolved murder until 2013, when a family member recognized the photo of Christine Thornton, 28, whose body was found in Wyoming in 1982. Oh. <gasps> Um, so now I'm going to go through all of the different states that have been able to prove or at least tie Alcala to cold cases in their jurisdiction. So first we have New York state in January, 2011, a Manhattan grand jury indicted him for the murders of Cornelia Crilly, a a TWA flight agent and Ellen Hover, the Ciro's heiress in 1971 and 1977, respectively. In June 2012, he was extradited to New York, where he initially entered a not guilty plea on both counts. In December 2012, he changed both pleas to guilty, citing a desire to return to California to pursue appeals of his death penalty conviction. On January 7th, 2013, a Manhattan judge sentenced Alcala to an additional 25 years to life. The death penalty was not an option in New York and hasn't been since 2007. In Washington state in 2010, Seattle police named Alcala as a person of interest in the unsolved murders of Antoinette Whitaker, 13, in July of 1977, and Joyce Gaunt, 17, in February of 1978. Alcala rented a Seattle area storage locker in which investigators later found jewelry belonging to two of his California victims in 1979. Another cold case was reported, um, targeted, other cold cases were reportedly targeted for a reinvestigation in California, New York, New Hampshire, and Arizona, San Francisco. In March 2011, investigators in Marin County, California, north of San Francisco, announced that they were, quote, confident that Alcala was responsible for the 1977 murder of 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lamson, who disappeared after making a trip to Fisherman's Wharf to meet a man who had offered to photograph photographer her <laughs> that's not how it, that's supposed to go a man who had offered to photograph her uh, her battered naked body was subsequently found in Marin county near a hiking trail with no fingerprints or unst- and, um with no fingerprints or usable dna charges were never filed but police claim that there were sufficient evidence to convict uh to convince them that alcala had committed the crime. In Wyoming, as I stated before, in September 2016, Alcala was charged with the murder of 28-year-old Christine Thornton, who had disappeared in 1977. In 2013, a relative recognized her as the subject of one of the photos. Her body was found in Sweetwater County, Wyoming in 1982, but was not identified until 2015 when DNA sampled from Thornton's relatives matched the tissue samples from her remains. That's crazy. Alcala admitted taking the photo, but not to killing the woman who was approximately six months pregnant (gasps) at the time of her death. Thornton is the first alleged member. uh, I'm sorry. Thornton is the first alleged murder victim linked to the Alcala photos made public in 2010. The 73 year old Alcala was reportedly too ill to make the journey from California to Wyoming to stand trial in the new charges. Ronnie Alcala died of unspecified, quote, natural causes in Corcoran, California, on July 24th, 2021, at the age of 77. Good. Yeah. And at this time, 110 of the original photos remain posted online, and police continue to ask for the public's help with further identifications. And that is the story Crazy. of Bachelor number one, Rodney
0: Alcala. You know, and it's like, Part of me would want to sit here and say, like, okay, I wish he was still alive if he was giving names, you know. But, like, he's not. He's going to deny any single person that's connected to him. So, like, good. Yeah.
1: Good thing. Even when it's proven that he had something to do with it, he's like, I took her photo, but I'd kill her. Well, you really did. So. Your DNA is there. Correct. Correct. Like, if you were at least talking, I agree with you, Nikki, like... If you were talking, fine, keep him, like, let's hope that he was still alive so he can give up more victims. Yeah. But if you're just going to keep silent, good riddance to bad rubbish.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very good story. Thanks. I knew who he was, but I didn't realize that he had killed that many people. You know, I remember
1: when you had done the story of Sam Little last week. Mm Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned about how he's believed to be the most prolific serial killer in U.S. I knew that there had been claims to the effect that Rodney Alcala could also possibly be one of the most prolific serial killers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the big difference between the two is Little seems to have more proof behind a lot more of his murders. Like, Alcala's named victims are much less. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot that could possibly tie him to these other cold cases. Now, I don't doubt that he had... A lot oh, more murders, especially who when you look at the war sure, v- between the two of them. That's the whole thing is, like, who actually knows? And, honestly, maybe he didn't kill them. Maybe he was just raping them. I mean, again, not just isn't what I mean. But, um, and women just didn't go, come forward because maybe they were sex workers or they were runaways and they didn't want to be caught or what have you. Yeah. So you don't really know, you know, of those 110 photos that are still there or the 900 that they won't release. Yeah you know, how many are murder victims, how many are just victims of his creepiness.
0: Well, I'm surprised they can't like crop their faces either. Because imagine if they cropped just the faces and released just pictures of. Well, and from what I understand, from remembering
1: one of the times I had heard the story about him, I remember them saying that they would crop the picture to show like jewelry or tattoos and stuff like that, like any like specific identifying factors, but that some of them were so explicit that even faces couldn't be used.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's, it makes you also wonder, is it 900 photos of like, like some of the same people or if it's like 900 individual people? Right. So I will tell you, cause I went to the website where they have
1: the release photos and there's definitely repeat people oh, okay. in the photos. So of those 900, I'm they're probably sure repeat. a lot of them are repeats. But again, you know.
0: I also wonder if like they're running people against, because you know how they can do the image things too? Yes. If they run like the images against the other photos. Mm-hmm. Technology is cool. If
1: this was Bones, they would have figured it out already. <laughs> <laughs> alright. Bones. I haven't watched that show in a long time. I think I'm going to have to do a re-binge. Um, alright. So yeah, so, story of Rodney Alcala. May he...
0: Rot. In pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think
1: of a good word. I was going to say make he rest in pieces, but I don't even want him to rest. No. Let him flip upside down in his grave over and over again forever and ever and ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You piece of trash. So, yeah. The end. The end. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Bed Crime Stories. We thank We love you. you. We love you all so much. So, make sure that you rate, subscribe, like uh review share tell a friend tell a friend uh be kind um all those good things you can find us on social media at bed crime stories on instagram and twitter and i mean eventually tiktok when we feel like it yeah um and you can also email us Pod at gmail.com we're getting lots of suggestions we're getting lots of emails we even got which really cute so fluffy exciting. doggies in our inbox which is exciting so Pod at gmail.com uh, I think that's pretty much it right mm-hmm. okay so on behalf of Jovi, Nikki and myself you guys have a lovely evening uh, thank you so much for listening we love you all please be kind to one another and we'll see you next week but until then sweet, sweet
0: dreams, dreams.
1: Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org
0: backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.